the day. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Today's words of the day, first one unofficially brought to us by UrbanDictionary.com. Pecky, to feel hungry, or to feel as though you could snap. Oh yeah, or you could to feel as though you could snack on something. Oh, I'm pecky right now. So to be hungry, yeah. Yeah. I usually I usually don't eat before the show. Oh, okay. I come in there. That's good. It's like an artist who starves themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm the Christian Bale of this pod. That's good. Or like a Daniel Day Lewis, maybe. Yeah. Is that that's something I was committing to? I was I was I channeled my inner Daniel Day Lewis during football season last year. It was good. No matter how much it bothered, (laughs) not only you but also Flan, and other people that listened. Uh, you found a way to compare yourself to Daniel Day Lewis. I what that was my there will be blood, was last football season. So and this year there might not be any blood because we don't know COVID. Um, all right, and the other word of the day. Precipitate, not precipitate like you know precipitation. This is precipitate. To hasten the occurrence of, bring about prematurely, hastily or suddenly. Hmm. Use that one the next time you go to uh you finish early just I'm precipitating. I already forgot the word. Precipitate. I like the last one. You can Pe- tell food's on my mind. Pecky? Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. No, not good at all. Alright. Uh I think there's only one thing left. You ready? Yep. Let's get it on. Welcome to the Cohort Sports Report, Gas Bags with Fun Facts, the podcast by regular Joes for regular Joes, sponsorship free because nobody wants to pay the sponsorship fee. My name is Jeff Woodworth. I am joined by my friend and co-host, in that order, Matteo Polverari. This is my last dance. Really? I, I just love the show. No, okay. I'm just fired up from it. Ooh, ooh, didn't hit that note. Or I hit it so high that only dogs could hear it. Listen back. I was waiting, for your, I was waiting for your dog to come up to yeah, the door. Yeah, play that. Play that back around a dog and see if the dog heard that because I hit that note. I hit that right there. How you been, dude? I've been good. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, when was the last time that you were on? Uh, two weeks ago, right? I don't know. I feel like it was the two days. Weeks they ago. all blend I, together. Seriously, they really do. I feel like it was at least in the last month. I was I was on the show mm-hmm. after a big gap. So yeah, yeah. Well, welcome back. Good. Yeah. Anything Anything new besides sitting in your room, staring out out at the window? About FIFA twenty. Good. Like it. I haven't played it yet. It was an impulse buy on Friday before I fell asleep. Actually, I have to go hand up because the 2K, I don't know if you listened to the 2K episode that I did with John or mm-hmm. not. Um, <laughs> on Friday, uh, Jeff had too many White Claws. Oh, and so yeah. so at around like 11.30, I think, I just 
crashed on my bed with the headset still on, and I woke up like an hour later to a Snapchat from John where it was, I guess you could look at my icon in the in the party screen and just see it light up when I was exhaling. <laughs> so so they, they, they just like listened to me sleep for, for probably a couple minutes and then eventually one by one started to leave the party until it was just me. And when I woke up and realized what was happening, I was just like, oh, egg on my face. So How many claws did you drink? About seven. I'm always impressed. Everybody tells me they get over six. I'm usually at two or three, and I'm like, okay. We started. Give me water. They originally said log on at six, and I did. And they were in a game because, like, you know, there's, there's about – we've explained it on the podcast. There's about six or se- – or not six. There's about seven, seven and nine guys, I guess, that rotate in this – that they get the 2K squad because not everybody can always play on certain nights. Mm-hmm. So they get it going. And they told me, they're like, all right, well, when we go first half, we've got a squad. But for the second half of the night, we're going to need you on there to get on. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'll do it. So I'm watching the first game. And, or, and like, I'm not, I mean, not watching. I'm listening to them while I'm playing my own, you know, career thing going. And I kind of get bored of the career game after two of those. So I just chill. And I'm just playing on my phone, you know, still listening to the party, whatnot. And I go, and that's where I decided to start breaking into the White Claws. And this is at about, probably at about 7.15, 7.30 now. And so we start playing it around 7.45 is when I get the nod from them. And we play. And I remember I got kicked off at 9 because I had lag. I got kicked out of a game. So I went and I pounded some more. Like, I was just drinking throughout the whole time. And by the time 11.30 came around, I was just, whew, out. Silent but deadly. Claws <laughs> will get you. It's, I mean, they're sneaky good. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. is but, yeah, I was white claw wasted. Something fierce. So is FIFA the biggest impulse buy you've done during this in terms of cost? Well, it was definitely one that was made, I think, before I – or no, that was made after I passed out when I'd woken up. And I was just like, damn, I'm hella upset. So I bought FIFA to, to ease my pain. I don't know if it worked or not because I haven't played FIFA yet, so we'll find out. But, I mean, it could have been a waste of money. I had FIFA 19 on my uh, – on my console, you know, it just wasn't downloaded. Like, you know how they have it saved in the hard drive mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, all right, anyway, so that was a preface to what could have been Alpha, Beta, Zeta, but, but it wasn't. I was just, you know, me make, making a goddamn fool of myself on uh, on Xbox Live. So, oh, well, not the, not the first time and certainly not the last. All right, Alpha Sports. You're kind of back this weekend, kind of, between the NFL Draft and the Jordan documentary. I mean, we're going to dive into both here in a little bit. But it was just nice to kind of have something to look forward to this weekend from starting on Thursday up until just a couple minutes ago when the Jordan documentary wrapped up. Like, you know, have you? when was the last time we had those feels? Like almost 45, 46 days ago, man. It was good for me because Wednesday I found Korean baseball. Mm. So I, there was like live sports there. So it was like Korean baseball, then the draft, and then ending with the last dance. Now I'm wondering where do we go from here? That's the worst part. It's a letdown. It's awful. It's, we got the drug. We we were off the drug. We were off the narcotic mm-hmm. for forty something days. We just went heavy relapse and went dancing with the narcotic for four straight days. And now we're probably gonna have to go another four four weeks or so without without the narcotic again so that, that was why. like my dennis rodman 48 hour bender right there of mm-hmm. just like oh it's a six round pick something's gonna happen well we are getting we are getting micro dosed with the uh, with the documentary last weekend and coming up in other weekends so i just think it's funny watching from the documentary sake at least watching rodman go up against these guys on the pistons and then how it became like an essential part of the team 
you know, on the latter half of the dynasty. Central player. Yeah. All right. Uh, the beta shin splints because I got them. Ooh. They hurt, man. They hurt. I've been trying. I've been trying to strengthen my shin with a resistance band, you know, tied around mm-hmm. the foot of my bed, and and just been, you know, doing the little foot raises there. Like I'm playing a fuck. What is that? The uh, bass drum on a guitar. I mean, a guitar on a drum set. Um, the big thum, 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 thum. yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, it feels like I'm doing that, trying to strengthen it, even trying to mess around with my gait. For a while, I had it figured out, but I also know that there were hip exercises that I was doing at the gym that were like with with cable exercises with my with my hip that were like vital to also helping me uh, engage in proper running form. So, like shin splints, man, they suck. So, anybody out there that has shin splints or has just any kind of lower body issue from the knee down when you run, I sympathize with you. We're in this together. And that's why I can only run every other day. Damn you, COVID. You got Jeff hurt. It's not COVID. It's been going like this. It's just something where I decided no, after a while. Fl- it just flared up. After a while, I got tired, and I just need to You should have explained COVID. About it. That's all you should have. Just everything. Yeah. yeah. Corona, COVID. And coronavirus. It's, the, it's coronavirus' fault. Damn. All right. And then the Zeta is weird. Love is dead. Jay Cutler. Chris Cavallari. Announced that they're getting a divorce. And I don't know what to do myself. Did you watch any of that up uh, the show they had? I was a very I was a very big proponent of season one and season two I fell off. So hand up, I'll accept my role in this uh, relationship falling apart. I never meant to be a home wrecker, and I would like to apologize to the Cutler Dash Cavallari uh, family for for my involvement in the dismantling of a relationship because I didn't watch your TV show. I just want to show around single J. Smoking Jay. That's all I hope that comes out of this. What do you think, man? What do you think? What if he makes a comeback to play? Or, better yet, what if Jay Cutler, after being divorced, finds himself on The Bachelor? I'd be down for for a Bachelor, uh, Jay Cutler. I could do that. What would he give a football? I have no idea. Well, no, he'd still give roses. No, he has to give like he can't. He give would do the rose, rose ceremony, but he'd just be like, I mean, you could take this rose, like if you wanted, or Very whatever. Passive aggressive. Yeah, just like, I mean, if you want, you can like come grab this rose, like if you want. It'd be cool, but it's no big deal if you don't want to. It's whatever. Like we'll just, we'll, I guess we'll do something else. Like, and that would just be that. And then you could break protocol, and then you could have Kristen Cavallari be the bachelorette the following season. So that way, everybody can move on together peacefully. And or then you they do can, it. Then they can do two spinoff shows. Or it's a good way to get the series going again. You do, you do it at the same time. You break protocol and you say, we're going to do the Bachelor Bachelorette at the same time. And we're just, we've separated them in two different houses and they've each got 30 people that they're going to, that we're going to follow along with here. That would be crazy. That, that would be talking about a pop culture narcotic. I'm surprised somebody hasn't had a dating show come out where everybody's just on Zoom. I thought have they had that yet? Love is Blind, isn't that? Where it's like you you can only do it through like telephone calls? Like no, they were, but I, this is how bored I was. I started that series. Oh, just tell me about it. Something. It's really, it was interesting for about, for about one episode just to see the concept. And then we skipped to Google to figure out what the hell happened. But basically they sat in rooms. They were just divided. They mm-hmm. could like touch the wall, mm-hmm. but they could sit there and. And still talk to each other and hang out in the room. Touch up against the wall. One guy proposed. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, he proposed. Well, you know, then not even seeing her. Just, it's not just by hard. Listening. It's not hard to understand why he was on that TV show to begin with. So you know, best of luck to him. But it's, they're uh, still married. Wow. Well, yeah. Wow. 
you know, if you're both sad and desperate enough to get on that show, I guess I guess you're willing to make it work for whatever, right? Because then you think to yourself, what do I have after this? Nothing. Well, you kind of have a new sense of fame because we look at you as the super desperate one from that one TV show. It was smart because everybody started watching it. It broke perfectly during COVID, so he became a little bit of a mini celebrity, just like Tiger King. Huh. It's like oh. All those things that broke I'm during that time. I'm done with the Tiger King. I'm done with the Tiger King. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, so that was the Just alphabet. an example. Calm down. <laughs> it triggered Jeff. I was very triggered. I had PTSD right there. Just, okay. Uh, My job is the talk. How dare you make me talk about another topic? <laughs> alphabet Zeta uh, was sports, shin splints, and then uh, divorce between America's couple. I mean, let's put it. Let's, let's not sell it short of anything. Did you like fist pump when you got the alert that they divorced? You're like, I got a topic. No, I was very upset, dude. No, you don't cheer on the. I didn't say love. The ending of love, okay? Even though I, I'm not giving up on them because love finds a way. Hashtag love finds a way. Walmart gets sued approximately 20 times a day. Most of them are employees filing discrimination claims or lawsuits about overtime pay. Holy shit. 20 times a day. Yeah, you're right. That's a really interesting stat. That may be your most interesting stat that you... <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine being their legal team? No. Right? Every day you know that you're going to battle for Walmart. Yeah, 20 times minimum. 20 times. You know how many lawyers they probably have on the payroll, though? Oh, God, a ton. Yeah, over under lawyers in the Walmart stable or locker room. I'm going to say at least, and like legit actual names of lawyers, not, you know, the the office assistants and all the paralegals that are underneath them, you know, actual lawyers, I'm going to say Walmart has a team of maybe 25, 25 lawyers that are just ready to each, each one of them is ready to handle a certain number of cases, right? You got to have at least one, one lawyer for each case that gets happens a day, right? I, I believe so. I'm trying to see, I'm Googling how many stores are there in, how many Walmart stores? There are 11,000, over 11,000 Walmart stores. Now times that by 20. Got to be over. I don't know what I can't do math like that. Twenty times eleven eleven thousand. This is why calculators were I'm invented. Just using my number sense. My number sense says it's over. It's 11, Twenty. That's ridiculous, man. Twenty claims. Jeez. I'm not saying that there's twenty that there's twenty claims from every store mm-hmm. a day. So actually, yeah. that would be a terrible number to use right there. Or ter- terrible metric. I guess you would just uh, uh, multiply that by three sixty five. Let you know mm-hmm. what happens in a, in a year. That's that's absolutely absurd. So, uh, sucks to be on the Walmart team. I mean, at least it, at least it's job security because you've or, you're always gonna have something to do. You're S- over seven thousand claims. <laughs> oh my god! Just by going by the average, over seven thousand cases a year, a year, and they're all, or most of them are discrimination claims, which is probably tough to prove or disprove. And then you have overtime pay, which is probably just a bunch of settlements where they're just like, here, just take this lump sum of money and shut that, you know, hell up and we'll see what work on Monday or we won't, you know, and that's, that's probably how they, I don't know if that's how they do business. That's uh, it's very reckless. All right. But yeah, that was the, uh, <laughs> that was very, so Walmart won't be a sponsor of this. Pod. Very reckless of me. I don't know <laughs> if they want to, they're more than welcome to, Hey man, nobody wants to pay the fee. All right. So that was the uh, Tim Brown stat of the day. There are winners. I'm by winning. Winner, winner, ultimate winner. Wow. Winning. And there are losers. Winners and losers. There's only so much to talk about here. Let's start off with, I mean, the draft happened and the Jordan documentary happened, but but 
Um, actually, no, we can't start off with the free agent signings because that doesn't go in order. So, Mateo, flip a coin. What do you want to talk about first? The Jordan documentary or the draft? Let's go last dance. You're more of a football guy, but ooh, okay, interesting yeah. kick. Okay, so episode three. Episode three focused on Dennis Rodman, and I feel like I like Dennis Rodman more now. Like, definitely a loose cannon. I was texting you as you were coming over tonight that I feel like Madonna is responsible for being the one in his ear who was just like, you don't have to. They said in the documentary, you don't have to conform to what society wants you to be. You can be Dennis, and now look at what he is. But, I mean, you know, hey, I've he's a rebounding machine. What's crazy is he was homeless in around his uh, high school time, or right around the time he was 18 or 19, I believe, is what happened. He was homeless, and then somebody found him while he was playing basketball and said, hey, come to college, and then he just became a beast, you know? I, I mean, in the hair thing... That's something else. I think the biggest takeaway from him was the Vegas vacation. Oh, God. Yeah, I was about to head over, and I had to stop, and I was like, they need to finish the story. I need to know what happened to Dennis in Vegas. I need context for it. Yeah, that's – I mean, everybody's saying, could you imagine if that happened today? Well, it didn't, you know, and paparazzi was still there with him because what do you say? He won 48 hours, and when they did the little graphic on the screen, it looked like it got to about 96, which is what, five, six days? Is yeah, that six, somewhere, five or six days? Forty-eight. Oh God, no more, no more math. This, I'm is, t- I'm this sorry. is not the day for math. Yeah. So let's it, just say four days to be it, safe. Damn near close to a week in Vegas, and which is like a month in Vegas. Yeah, dude. Like especially with his money and status. Oh my God! Like and just the clip of him taking off on the motorcycle. Like if I'm, if I'm management, I'm freaking out because it's just like, damn man. Like, you know, he was, he was good in Detroit. Detroit allowed him to kind of like. You know, he he matured in a basketball sense where he kind of studied the game. Like, he had the breakdown of how this guy meticulously broke down the art of the rebound. Like, there's nobody – I think there's few people, maybe, and this is – there could be a little bias sprinkled in here, but the names that I think of when I think of, like, great rebounders, I think of Dennis Rodman, I think of Charles Barkley, and quite frankly, I think of Draymond Green. But you know that's uh, that's a little Bay Area bias. Yeah, so I'm Dray- I loved love Draymond, and I've tried to do everything not to turn it into like a Warriors pod. But the first comparison when Draymond came or when Rodman came on, I was like, and he was talking about how he needed to do the dirty work. I was like, Draymond. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I there's, agree. there's there's some similarities there. I'm not saying. Yeah, no, but com- he Draymond does not rebound at the level that Rodman or those guys did. But, and I love Draymond. Ooh, okay. Well, that's where I, was, I, I would say I disagree. Just because, but Rodman, Rodman perfected the art. Bringing it back to Rodman, he perfected the art of like. Just the cuts they had, the like, what was that, a 45 second montage mm-hmm. of him? Yeah, of him and talking high about leg up, and it where, was iconic. Where, yeah, where, oh, if the ball hits off the back rim, it's going mm-hmm. this way, or if the ball goes here, or if you hit off glass, like, ball, ball, just breaking it down. I was like, oh my God, this guy really was like just super meticulous like that. Like, just to see the drive that he had, but he had this burning itch that just could not get fixed in the weight room, couldn't get fixed on the court, couldn't get fixed. He had to go blow off steam like nobody else knew. And I love that Phil understood, like, Michael's. Like, you can't let him go. You can't let him go. And Phil's like, just let him go. Yeah. Middle of the season, just let him go. And that's what makes Phil such a great coach of with all the different personalities that he well, had to manage that he knew the pulse of what he needed to do for Rodman. In episode four, you find out how great of a guy Phil Jackson is because they, they kind of focus on him in the in the early parts. But, yeah, I, I think what's craziest with Rodman was the fact that this guy was so, I wouldn't say insane. He is eccentric. Mm-hmm. And just that his personality gelled with Jordan in a way, 
And also, you could say that he was an advocate of mental health, you know, before it even happened. Somebody made the joke, or was it Donovan Mitchell talking about, um, he tweeted out something about uh, Rodman inventing load management. I don't think it was load management as much as it was a, a mental health just decompressor. What if you did that for guys in the league now where you're just like, yeah, you could take you could take a three, four days off, just go and just chill and just relax if you need. I mean, it sounds a little ridiculous because, you know, it's during the season you'd think they'd want to hoop. Mm-hmm. But for him, you know, this guy's <laughs> crazy, for lack of a better term, which that's kind of reckless to use. But it goes out there, gets it out of his system, comes back, and he's ready and focused and, and ready to go. But he got so accustomed to being Jordan's right-hand man for the beginning of the season, and then all of a sudden Pippen comes back, and he's like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, all of a sudden, that's just, you know, because I think that was – he didn't really have a role in San Antonio, which is why I don't think it worked out for them in – or worked out for him in, in with the Spurs. And that was a great point with when Pippen came back, that he had his hair with the 33s, mm-hmm. and by all appearance, he wanted to be welcoming, but yet deep down, it bothered him. Well, I don't because that was the first game that Pippen was back. So he had the thirty threes to honor Scotty, which they honestly looked like cheetah prints. Yeah, I couldn't I didn't know they I always thought they were cheetah prints. I always thought it was cheetah print. <laughs> I never realized that it was thirty threes to honor Scotty Pippen. But that also shows you how again when this was happening in ninety eight, I was five. So, you know, sorry for not sorry for not totally remembering. But to see him want to like you said want to embrace him Mm -hmm. but not know how to play with him was insane and then to know and then for phil jackson to pick up on that and just be like something needs to change here like we need to let him go out and 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 do him and then when he comes back i feel like that's where rodman kind of reestablished himself as the rebounding hustle guy who's going to do the dirty work and that's where i would draw the comparison to one Senor Green, but not that they're the same player at all. Or, I mean, I would say just the mentality mm-hmm. and what they bring yeah. in the aspect to the team or their respective teams was we're going to go in there. We're the lunch pail guys. We're going to do the dirty work. We're going to bang around. That's what made their team different for the Warriors. That's what made the team run, and they always pointed to him. Yeah. And then when you brought in David West, that was kind of like what they had with Oakley. Yeah, or, uh, I mean, like, you know, Horace Grant even, because mm-hmm. after after Oakley got traded, you know, that that broke uh, that broke Oakley, apparently. Yeah. So. But uh, it seems like every team has that type of guy. But the the Rodman Rodman episode was, was fairly interesting. I mean, you know, he's a workout guy, which is nice that he busted his ass. I mean, you know, his form on some of his exercises though, that we saw there on camera were kind of funny because it's just like, ooh, you guys, I mean, you guys were lifting a lot of weight. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, maybe take a couple pounds off and fix that form, you know? Like, how about, how about that? And so so in, in hell-bent on putting on muscle to be able to take down, you know, this is before teams. we've like perfected weightlifting. Yeah, right. Just you know, the, most guys that were weightlifting like that back in the day were shooting needles in their butt before it. Before they did it, so and then they'd go and do it. And now you've got, you know, we went from the bulls that were the traveling cocaine circus to all of a sudden they were, you know, weightlifting, mm. ready to take on the bad boys. But and then the fourth episode, which it it highlighted the beating the bad boys. But in the beginning, Phil Jackson, very interesting guy, very interesting. Uh, going to school, playing basketball, playing for the Knicks, winning two championships. And when he was done with the Knicks before he started coaching, and I believe Puerto Rico is what it was, he experimented with acid, which is cool to know that Phil Jackson down with the acid. And then he goes off to Puerto Rico, and it's a crazy type of basketball that's played there, but he's very fiery, very passionate. Maybe doesn't kind of work. Maybe it does fit. Maybe it doesn't. Gets picked up by the Bulls. Studies under, what's his name, Tex, I believe it was, where he, where he picks up the triangle. 
and he's handpicked by Jerry Krause to, to come after after Collins. Like, you're going to make this work. And credit Phil's ability to level with every player, but especially how serendipitous it was that he connected with De- Dennis Rodman with Native American culture out of out of <laughs> anything in the out of anything on God's green earth. I feel like a high school counselor just uh, looking it, for anything. I just what anything and, to well, relate. It, well, it was it, he said it was Dennis who pointed it out first. He goes, "What you know that dream catcher right there?" Blah blah. blah. Or I think it was the dream catcher, and he goes, "Yeah, well, blah blah blah." And Phil starts telling him, and you know, obviously I, I don't remember this stuff, so I don't want to be disrespectful. But mm-hmm. he goes on, and then finally. Uh, Rodman pulls out of the necklace and is just like, "Oh yeah, like I'm I'm with it." And that's where Phil was able to be like, "You're you're this character in our tribe. Like you gotta make it work." And Dennis was just able to turn it on and and go. So credit Phil Jackson there. I you know the documentary is doing a tremendous job of pointing out that Jerry Krause easily could be the villain in all of this and just breaking up everything. Like, I'm sure there's some stuff that we're not getting. Mm-hmm. And it'd be, uh, it'd be behind, nice to hear his perspective. Behind too. the scenes. Well, it's unfortunate that he's dead. Yeah. So, you know, but so we are speaking on a dead man whenever. Mm-hmm. whenever That's what somebody pointed out a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know what? That's, that it, is true. That it is, is a little really weird, true. but it's going to happen. So we just have to get used to it. We speak on dead people all the time. You know, Jerry Krause is nothing new. It's just unfortunate. Because, time to justify it. Because this because this documentary is just bringing the hammer down on him at any at any particular at the end of the can. at the end of the day, I, I mean, I I told you he's won six titles, and yet he, he comes across as one of the worst GMs ever, just because he stopped the, all of this. Yeah, but well, I mean, like, what did he do? What did he do after? He tried to use the picks. He got Tyson Chandler, Eddie Curry had his vision. He was able to draft a couple of guys, but it was not even close to what this is. He had a horrible Bulls team after it. Yeah, and he wasn't able to get anywhere near what this was. We also had. The incident with the Pistons revisited, and they finally showed the clip where they they gave Jordan the phone and showed him what Isaiah said. And I just thought it was so funny how he predicted what was going to be said, where he said, oh, he's probably going to feed you some BS about how, you know, now that he's got time to think about it, it was probably the wrong thing to do. And sure enough, within the first 10 words that Isaiah spoke, you just see Jordan's face just kind of look up from the phone and just into the camera to the interviewer and say, I told you so, you know, that was going to happen. But I love how there's going to be an unbridled hatred until everyone who was involved in that series is dead. Nobody in the NBA will peak anywhere near Petty Jordan. Like no. That was, that was great. But the, 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 the everything they showed... That, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, just everything he's achieved, and yet for him to still... <laughs> before they even show him the clip, when they... Start the first sentence for him to be that disgusted <laughs> for everything he's accomplished and still hold that. Like well, that's great. Out, I love it. Shouts out to Bobani Jones because he said that's one of the most entertaining aspects of Michael Jordan is the fact that he finds it absolutely absurd that this man has a burning desire in his in his mind and body and everything in his soul that anything that he does throughout the day he has to beat you at. Like he has to beat mm-hmm. you at it. And if he can't, he will find a way to do it the next time you guys square off in something. And that's just absolutely absurd in, in your opinion and for me it's tiger and michaels or anybody else you would slide for that you've seen competitive that nobody's going to top that those are the two for me like when i see tiger play it, it seems like tiger always wants the win tiger jordan who's another one that would that i'd say would want you know what can we table that yeah and we I'll, can table and that I'll come back on that ask me again by the end of the show and i'll see if i've remembered enough to think about it because I'm just trying to go through 
sports-wise, just guys that would, in different sports, guys that would just do anything to win. I guess know? I would throw Kobe in there. I mean, Kobe's definitely Ooh, earned. He's definitely Kobe would be a that. good one. Kobe, Jordan, Tiger. There's got to be one more that we're just not thinking of. That's why I try to go baseball and maybe basketball. I'm missing something. But going back to the the Eastern Conference Finals with the Pistons, that's the 90, basically 88 through 90. We talked about how Jordan put on some muscle, and that's really all it took was 15 pounds of muscle to get by the Pad Boy Pistons, which is, <laughs> which is kind of funny to think about. But that type of NBA, getting mugged recreationally, oh, my goodness, man. You guys were throwing punches. Larry, they showed Larry Bird throwing punches on the ground at Bill Lambeer. He gets up, and he's able to finish the game. Oh, it's great. Nobody would run to the commissioner to try to get Draymond suspended. It's a different league. I think it's wild. But at the same time, it's just, you know, they also acknowledge that the league was trying to protect, or not protect, but propel Jordan at that mm-hmm. time, and the Pistons kind of stood in the way and were just like, not so fast. Thank you very much. So I am very much looking forward to, uh, you know, the rest of this series. Shouts out to a friend on Twitter who sent me a link for the rest of the series. So I have the episodes. I will check those. And if those are, in fact, verified for the right price, I'll send them. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll hook it up if you yeah, ask nicely. The plug. So, yeah, I, that's breaking news there. Yeah, just remember that happened on Friday. So, yes, thank you. You know who you are. And shout out to you. I will not reveal my source. Big J Journalism. All right. Uh, next up on the list, the NFL draft happened. How do you feel? Uh, every team's going to the Super Bowl. Every team won. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, no I losers. Is, is that our draft wrap-up? Is, is there enough room? Yeah. Congrats on everybody winning the draft. <sighs> Biggest surprises was just the dude that the Patriots took in the second round. I mean, I don't think it was a surprise that they went with a D2 or D3 college football player, but just crazy how, you know, they they take some safety that nobody's absolutely nobody has heard of, and they assign two undrafted free agent quarterbacks, white supremacist kicker. Oh yeah, the don't tread on me or whatever it is, liberty or death. I think that's what he so he got. What round did they draft that kicker in the fourth? Oh, the fifth. fifth. Okay, still Bill showing fifth off. Fifth round, yeah. So punter punter last year, quick kicker this year. God, Bill. Quick. All right, I'm going to go. We're going to go word association. Ten words or less on each team. This is according to NFL.com. Arizona Cardinals, overall draft grade A. Big A. Cling- Cliff Kingsbury's house. Cocaine. That's what the word association. <laughs> dude, I, I didn't know that, dude. Like, his house, like, he had the fire pit. He had to have some sort of bubble day ready no, after. There was no electrical outlets. They need to have. Uh, did somebody rank yet all the GMs' house? Because no, I mean he's the setup at the Bengals. I told, I said this on the quad pod. The Bengals setup looked like you were at the front desk, at the reception desk for the casting couch. Like, it, it really it, did. It, it was, was very sketchy looking. Yeah, nothing exciting. Atlanta Falcons B plus. I like what they've done in free agency, but I, I you know, their draft reach, reach for a B plus. Yeah, that's a big reach. Okay, I didn't like what they did. Don't draft for need. Clemson cornerback, Auburn defensive tackle, Temple center, Fresno State linebacker, California safety, Syracuse punter. Baltimore Ravens, draft grade A. Ooh, I don't, I don't want to – do you want me to give you the real opinion? It hurts, man. I, I'm looking at some of the names they Queen, got here. Queen, man. Queen. Queen looks good. That was great. Ohio State running back Dobbins falling to them. That, that mm-hmm. was a 
kick to the testicles. Uh, the defensive tackle, Texas A&M, not too bad. Texas That's, receiver. Yes. Yeah. Another. Just, they got a couple more. They got a linebacker, safety, another wide receiver. They're just. I, they're not going anywhere, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, and for them to get a Campbell for a fourth in the offseason, like they've done everything right. The position themselves as one of the best teams. Football so. stupid. I hate everything. <laughs> All right, Buffalo Bills overall draft grade A. I like the defensive end selection, the defensive end out of Iowa, Espinosa. Oh, Espinosa, yeah, yeah. really and then nice. The Utah running back too, and you consider it because I was thinking who their first round pick pick was, and they got Diggs, and then Fromm as a fifth round pick was really good too. I was just about to say Jake Fromm getting drafted. Yeah, wow, look good for him. Yeah. I think Jake Fromm is going to be like a, a real. Oh, uh, who was the other quarterback that came out of Georgia after Stafford? Oh, um, Aaron Murray. Yeah, Aaron Murray. He's going to be real. Aaron Murray. He's going to be. Bust. I wish I could we'll have see him snapped a- your face when when you saw Fromm. How excited you were. Yeah, right, because I just remember, like, he tore up the Florida defense a couple times, and I'm like, this guy's not that great, but it's because Georgia had a fantastic rushing game. So if Fromm gets in a system, if the Bills can establish the run and Fromm is going to be the guy that's going to back up Allen, I mean, you know, Allen will help you establish the run because he ain't throwing for much, but Fromm can do some damage if he's got a nice running attack. I've seen him. He's a little undersized, though. Carolina Panthers overall draft grade, A-. minus. This, interesting, all of their picks – Defensive players? Question mark. Just a lot of question just marks. Just a lot for of me. question yeah, marks. Yeah, I just I don't know what they're trying to what they're trying to achieve. I mean, they passed on Former Isaiah XFL Simmons. Players. So they passed on Isaiah Simmons. Oh, the Kenny Robinson pick. Mm-hmm. So passing on Derek Br- or uh, Isaiah Simmons because you thought he would do better with a, a defensive team is just confusing to me. I love Derek Brown. A little bit worried about his athletic ability, but God, how do you pass him? But at the same time, we know absolutely nothing because there were times in the season where he was going up against 22-year-olds, and there were times where he was going up against 18-year-olds, So, <laughs> <laughs> which is the funniest part about the draft <laughs> and just evaluating guys' college tape. Like, obviously, they're, with three years in, you get mm-hmm. to see them develop, which yeah. is nice, but like certain times where it's like you got to take into account. I was and thinking that, about mean, that. I always say that's why I like testing, though. It's it's one little piece that helps. I was very can... upset to F-U-E-S-P-N throughout the broadcast, not only for the character assassinations on these kids, but anytime somebody from the SEC got drafted, we always managed to throw in a couple highlight plays against Florida, which was very upsetting to watch because <coughs> humiliate my boys on TV like that. <coughs> All right, the Chicago Bears, overall draft grade, B+. They had picks? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> they had they said day one grade incomplete, day two B plus, day three A minus. That uh, gets you a B plus overall. Who were their top picks? Notre Dame tight end Cole Met, oh. Utah cornerback Jalen Johnson, Tulsa linebacker Travis Gibson, and then a Georgia Southern cornerback Kendall Vildor, and then they had a couple down. It says the Bears' first round pick this year was held by the Raiders as part of the deal for sack master Cleo Mack. They found a talented right tight end in Met, mm-hmm. and those pick gives them a certain amount of depth at the position. Johnson was a good pick later in the second round. Yeah. All right, Cincinnati Bengals, overall draft grade, an A. They obviously got Burrow, T. Higgins. They got a, uh, two linebackers, a defensive end, an offensive tackle, and a linebacker. Good for the Bengals. This is this is chalk for Cincinnati, just as an mm-hmm. organization. That's the seven, seven picks. That's it. They make their selections. They will not trade up. They will not trade down. They got who they got, and they'll try and make it work. <laughs> you know, good luck to Joe Burrow, man. They, is there a more talented collection of defensive players in a division than the AFC North? Oh I just, God! No, oh I'm not, God! I'm not, look, that takes into <laughs> that takes into account the Browns, the Browns cornerbacks, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, even uh, safety linebacking position, and then there's pass rushers, Geno Atkins out of out of Cincinnati, the Browns, and then you have you have a couple there, Bud Dupree, right? Like I'm just saying, it's uh, a, I make a case for if we were gonna stack up. Like I'm not saying they're the greatest division in all of football, but as far as defensively from front to back and side to side, loaded. 
loaded it's, in it's a defense. A good, yeah, I'd have so, to think about it. But so it's with good. that, and I only named one Bengal out of everybody, Joe Burrow is now going to be thrown into that. Good luck. Good luck. See what it's done to Baker Mayfield. Good luck. See what it did to Duck and Mason. Good luck. You know? Oh, Jesus Christ, Duck and Mason get slid in there with I'm, Baker. Unbelievable. I'm saying, look at what it did. Obviously, uh, Baker hashtag, held... You, you're supposed to go hashtag here we go after Baker, that. Oh, my God. I, I, Baker Baker held a little bit better, obviously, but Baker did get roughed up in these two years. He has not. It has not gone according to plan. It has not gone according to the way he he, he portrayed it when it was going to happen when he was coming out of Oklahoma. One year is what you're... You're, you're able to jump on this for I'm one sure year. Two, right? Is this his second year in the league? This is his third, but I mean, the this first... His, his rookie year was really good. He had one of the best rookie seasons of all time and then and he then had a he, bad second and then he regressed yeah okay yeah which happens speaking of which, which uh, that's that's what you love we move on to the cleveland browns who apparently nailed this draft because they're giving him overall grade of an a so you got the alabama they've nailed tackle, this offseason del pitt out of lsu the missouri defensive tackle uh lsu the linebacker like you know credit the browns this is gonna be the lone shot i take at them nobody wins the offseason like the cleveland browns whether it comes to just acquisitions trades or draft picks god i hope the browns are good i've never rooted for anything more just so you have to if you have to eat the browns being good it'd be amazing i i just i don't i don't get it man i don't get it and we're gonna hype them up again this year and we're gonna watch them fall flat on their face hot take the Bengals will be better than the browns that's wrong oh you want okay let's bet i'll bet you five dollars <laughs> i'll bet you 25 bucks that the browns are better than steelers this year whoa i'll bet you 25 and i was okay i'll put my money where my mouth is 25 bucks. I, I said it Easy. last year all i'll right. double i'll double down this year if all I right have to. all right 25 bucks that the browns are that the browns will be better than the steelers mm-hmm. yeah and all that matters are records record yeah. that's okay. all that matters okay. and if they tie then well i guess that it's sucks like push. We won't, yeah, yeah okay. we'll push it but we can't shake hands right now because of rona but so it's on it's on record okay so we have a 25 dollar bet i'll edit this out later but it's on record yeah, I'll put my money where my mouth is right. this time. I, I like what they did for them to get two tackles to pay for Austin Hooper to add to the offense to get uh, the tight end that fell. It was at Harrison Bryant. Like they're going to be awesome on offense. Yes, the Florida Atlanta. Yeah, tight end. I mean, and the Michigan wide receiver Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, again, nobody wins the offseason like the Cleveland Browns. One more thing for yes. uh, I got to give a little bit of Browns love after you take the pot shots. Their GM traded with the Saints. They traded back for a third and they got a future third. I mean, that's that's one of the best values I've seen in the last 3 years. A step in the right direction for a franchise that is perpetually lost. And Andrew, Andrew Berry's just going to run. If he doesn't get fired within the first year and a half, the Cleveland Browns the Cleveland Browns as an organization are the they are Jack Sparrow and Pirates of the Caribbean looking at that compass. That compass is just going every which way. Get your and shots the, in. And the Browns have no idea idea where they're going with it's it gonna, yeah. it's gonna be bad in like two years when you're trying to figure out what your quarterback is and you're like shit <laughs> burrows in the division i don't have to worry about that right now yeah you enjoy you know enjoying the present right now <laughs> i am living in the moment i am living in the moment baby all right dallas cowboys uh they get an a and because that's a big ass yacht that jerry jones was on so cd lamb again my favorite part about that was him snatching his phone from his girlfriend you get Trayvon Diggs from Alabama, an Oklahoma defensive tackle, Reggie Robinson out of Tulsa. That's a good pick. So Jerry Jones gets an A. We've been very, very liberal with Jerry. Yeah. What do you think about the Cowboys? You know, I've always bashed Jerry, and I thought he's batshit crazy, but he always drafts and, and adds to the strength. Like, he built the offensive line, and I thought he put too much there, and then he added Zeke behind it. And then now with the receivers that he has, he's got Gallup, Cooper, and C.D. Lamb, who's the best well, receiver in this the draft. I'm kind of looking at. I'm kind of looking at yeah. the Cowboys. And I'm saying, I'm wondering if this is Jerry kind of looking at Dak, like, you want big money? Here's some weapons to go play with. I got three guys that we could kind of rotate in the slot, and there'd be a burner, you know, like or at least one of them's a burner. Michael Gallup ain't nothing to shake a fist at, or you know, shake your mm-hmm. nose out of either. So, 
I'm curious with the Cowboys. Oh, I had the question. Where did it go? Hmm. That's gone. Oh, well. Wasn't important. I had a question about the Cowboys. Maybe I'll remember it. The Denver Broncos getting an A. Speed. They really did. They all the all speed. About. So you got Jerry Judy, KJ. How did I say Harnier? I thought it was. Is it Ham? Is it H A M L E R? Is it Hamler? Oh, Hamler. I okay. thought it was R N I E R. Okay, Hamler. Um, Iowa cornerback, LSU center, Arkansas defensive tackle, Missouri tight end. Oh, I'm not, not even gonna try and pronounce that last <laughs> name. I'll hurt myself. And then uh, shout out to my boy, Tyreek Cleveland. So that'd be a that'd be interesting for the Broncos. They. What I took away from this is John Elway loves Drew Locke. Loves him. Just loves, loves him. him. Oh, I know what I meant to ask. Who was the cow- who's going to be the Cowboys' backup quarterback? Oh, God. Was it? I almost said Kellen Moore. He's yeah. the coach. Oh, uh, God. Uh, I'm blanking. Who's the backup? I don't know because they got Dak and they drafted James Madison quarterback Ben DiNucci in the, in the, with their last picks. That's why I'm wondering if he's going to be the backup. Didn't they draft somebody in Watch him be like Romo. fourth or fifth round and they were all really excited about him, all the Cowboy fans? Oh, that was exciting. I can't uh, remember. Uh, it's going to drive me nuts. But, yeah, going back to the Broncos, I'm thinking who's going to be the backup there uh, behind Locke? Oh, God. I should, I should know this because he started a couple games. And he, Brandon Allen? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're bringing him back, huh? Yeah. All right. This is where that's, that's where if he wasn't so in with Locke, Cam would be the perfect fit. Oh, okay. That's where I'd, I would love to see Cam Newton be. In, in Denver, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, Detroit Lions, they get an A-. Uh, went heavy. I'm looking here at the breakdown. Kind of heavy on the line. Defensive backs or defensive side, they got a couple of running backs coming in. I thought it was a good pick there with Swift. I thought they maybe reached with Akuda. I don't know if he was the top if he's the top five pick. But, again, yeah, who I'm are we to judge on, on this? I'm, I'm next on Akuda. He, yeah. he looks like he profiles as everything. People don't like the tackling, but he covers. And I he's look got at, the size. I look at Detroit like I thought it was I thought it was a perfect time for them to try and take Herbert or Tua and move on from Stafford. I'm just not I'm sure kind, what I'm, he's got left. I'm kind of with you. If, if yeah. and Especially if Patrice wants to just keep this going, maybe you do draft Tua, you draft your Herbert. You, you definitely get a first for Stafford. Is that? I think that sounds much better. Instead of calling Patricia, Patricia, we should call him Patrice. Oh, Patrice. I've yeah. heard him called Patrice. 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 No, Patrice I I no, no. When he's not winning, he's Patrice. Well, you have to <laughs> Patricia. win. You Patricia. You have to win to get your name correct. No, it's Patrice. It's uh, Tarek Cohn. So <laughs> <laughs> the Green Bay Packers get a C plus. I think after day one, everyone was just asking themselves, uh, WTF, mate, when they drafted Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. And you got it. you've just got to admire the Packers' dedication to not drafting a wide receiver. They drafted a tight end. They drafted a running back. They, I, I'm looking at the, I'm, I was thinking about the wide receiving core right now. It's Devontae Freeman. It's uh, uh, Devontae. <laughs> Devontae Freeman. Oh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Adams, my bad. That makes and me feel happy. After. De- Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all uh, someone's breaking names. news. Devontae Adams, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling or whatever his name is. MVS. And then they brought in, they just signed somebody. They the got Aussie Lazard one. too. But and they, they assigned uh, Devin Funches. Yes, Devin Funches, who I think could be a good number two because he did all right in Carolina when Steve Smith was there. Oh God, he just can't separate. Yeah. Lazard's better. I just if, even if and as you're saying for you, it, your point of view is that you can't really project this. Mm-hmm. Um, even if if you can, it's like it's reckless, but do it anyway. No, it's I'm not even trying to be <laughs> reckless. It's like they they invested in a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. They invested in a running back that's a backup. And what was the third round pick? I'm looking like they, tight end, Cincinnati tight end. Okay, so the tight end is clearly an area that they could use, but the two positions they invested that would have been they invested right? in areas that they didn't improve in. Yeah, with a quarterback that they're going to have to pay 
over 30 million in gear if they get if they decide to part ways with him from here on out like it's I don't know what they're doing. And the, the running back, too. Just a giant question. Okay, the Houston Texans get a B plus. So they had picks. Good job, Bill O'Brien. I'm did you like uh, trade him away? Did you like Bill O'Brien's uh, freak out? No. Did you, see, you didn't see his I blow up? Didn't, I didn't see his blow up. Uh, no, he thought whatever. he had a trade with the with our good old friend Patrice. Oh, he thought no. he, Yeah, they thought they had a deal, and then they backed out. Yeah. And he, so he blew up on ESPN. TCU defensive tackle, Florida linebacker, Greenard. Sad to see him go to the Texans. That's to play for O'Brien. North Carolina offensive tackle, Penn State cornerback, and Rhode Island wide receiver. So we'll see. You have the Michael Jordan of football, allegedly, and you're not doing anything with him. Indianapolis Colts, A-. minus. USC wide receiver, Michael Pittman. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, which I think is a good pick, but at the same time, he's probably got a lot of miles on him, too. Jacob Eason looks like he's going to be backing up or he's going to be backing up Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. and then I guess that's who they're saying we're going to give the keys to after we have him watch Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers shows him everything not to do. And then you have ball, a Ball State guard, Penn State defensive tackle, UMass cornerback, Washington State wide receiver, Michigan linebacker. So, Jonathan Taylor is awesome. He was he was the guy that I loved at running back. But that's where I'm curious is just with that style of offense that they ran at Wisconsin. Is there too many mi- is there too many miles on that engine? There is, but. He- that's that's when you decide on the second contract. Who, this is perfect for that's him true. in and, the first contract who, on a rookie contract. Who uh, who else did the Colts have as a running back? Um, Marlon, Marlon Mack. Marlon yeah. Mack. So that's going to be two headed system. Maybe that's good because you have Taylor there for three years or four years, mm-hmm. where you can split carries if you bring in another another back to kind of manage his workload. Because if not, if you go all in on him, I see what's happening to Todd Gurley. Because yeah. Todd Gurley had a high usage rate in college too. Jacksonville Jaguars for a team that is clearly tanking. NFL.com gives them an overall draft grade of an A. They took C.J. Henderson out of Florida. They took uh, Clavon Chassian. I think that's how you say that. LaVisca Chenault. I wanted him hella bad. He's a good wide receiver. Yeah, they got Miami linebacker Shaquille Quarterman, Michigan State cornerback. They the Texas wide receiver. They um, I don't I'd never seen the Oregon State quarterback play, but they they had a ton of picks and they they took it they they. Looks like they did pretty well. I'm looking at some of these names. I'm impressed. But, I mean, at the same time, it's clear that this team is obviously tanking, right? Yeah, that's what I think, especially with all the picks that they have. But they traded least, away Foles, and they're going all in with Minshew, and Minshew's going to have to make it work with all these guys. Like, I, I love the speed that they have at edge with Chase on and Josh Allen. Like, that's that's at least you have building blocks yeah, there. Josh Allen, yeah. So good for me. Kansas City Chiefs get a B plus. Uh, obviously, people are very, very happy with that last pick that they made in the first round, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. D making an appearance. Okay. And Michigan State with linebacking, uh, linebacker Willie Gay. You had a TCU offensive tackle. You had a Louisiana Tech safety, Michigan defensive end, and a two-lane cornerback. So uh, B-plus for the Chiefs. Good for them. And it's nice to have a luxury pick at taking the running back. He's so good at, as a pass catcher. For them to have Tyreek. Um, and Hardman running down, that's going to clear out so much space for them. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. They have an overall draft grade of a B. Day two and day three, they got A's. Day one, they got a C minus. Draft in Ruggs, Damon Arnett, and the Kentucky, uh, or uh, who was it? Yeah, drafted in Ruggs and Arnett. And then they drafted uh, Kentucky running back Lynn Bowden, South Carolina wide receiver Brian Edwards, Clemson linebacker Tanner Muse. Clemson offensive guard John Simpson, Louisiana Tech quarterback Amik Robertson. What do you think about the Raiders? Do I read you John's text exchange with me building up to the pick? They just bleep out all the cussing. Okay, sounds good. So the first thing was once we got past that uh, Lamb was on the board, it was if Lamb is there, we better take the him. 
and then Ruggs gets picked, and then it's blank this. Mm-hmm. And then I long gap between before I hear from John again. He really wanted Ruggs. Or a, a lamb. He really wanted lamb. That's it. He was very upset. Very upset. Long gap. Didn't get to talk to John as much as I thought I would. That's unfortunate. Yeah, he was disappointed. The Chargers get an A. Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert, Oklahoma linebacker, UCLA running back, Virginia wide receiver, Notre Dame safety, and Ohio State wide receiver. Chargers, very talented defense already to begin with, so it was good to see them kind of stock up here on the offense because I feel like they'd be kind of cutting the wide receivers that they'd been stocking up. Keenan Allen with, uh, with either Herbert or... Um, Tyrod Taylor God. throwing to him. Yeah, and then even this Ohio State wide receiver, this Virginia wide receiver, there's some potential here for it. Did you like the jerseys? Were they, did they win the offseason with the jerseys? I mean, it's, uh, it's all right. The jerseys or whatever. Oh, everybody's wow. been, everybody's, I've talked about the jerseys. Everybody's been rolling out the jerseys. The, the Chargers are obviously going to win because they have the cleanest. They they brought, they brought went back to the classic colors, right, with the L.A. color mm-hmm. scheme. And the, the Rams are going to be coming out here now that the draft is over. They're going to be coming out in May with their jerseys. I heard that was the that was the the plan, the schedule there. And, you know, certain teams have lost it, like the Falcons. I don't think that was a good look. The Bucks, you want to say you want to go back to your winning culture. What winning culture? The Colts, you changed your numbers. Congrats. The Browns, too. I don't know. I, you made your adjustments were so minor. I don't care. But, again, I'm taking shots at the Browns, and you're, you're going to enjoy that right now. So, I mean, it's it's whatever. The jerseys are jerseys. We'll, we'll see them. You know, you know what makes jerseys look good? But winning. There it is, the, the take of the night. Thank you very much. That's that's why you all listen to get takes like that. Hell yeah, baby. All right. The Los Angeles Rams get an A. Florida State running back Cam Akers. The then, you get, then you get Florida wide receiver Van Jefferson, who I also wanted to go to the Steelers. Alabama linebacker Terrell Lewis. Uh, you go down uh, Miami kicker Sam Sol- Sloman. So uh, an A for the Rams. Jefferson's a good fit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice fit with the Rams. Miami Dolphins, A-. Obviously, the big win of the night was getting Tua. Then they got Austin Jackson at USC and the Auburn cornerback, Ig-Gonagy. I'm going to hurt myself. Um, Good for the – you like the Dolphins? Oh, I love that they got Tua. I love that they went through the whole process and they landed back on the guy that they wanted to do do the whole tanking for without having the trade up. They were winning, too, at the end of the Mm -hmm. season, which is nice, and they established a winning culture, and now they get the quarterback they want. Questions on his durability, but that's only natural. We'll see how it goes. The Minnesota Vikings get an A. LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson, TCU quarterback Jeff Gladney, Boise State offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland, and so on and so forth down the line. They had a plethora of picks, too. Oh, they had... 13 draft picks heading into day three Oof. with all the trade downs. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, these are heavy in the triple digits where they're picking. I'm looking at some of these. A lot of 160s, 170s, or 130s, 200s also. The belief was that they traded down so they didn't have to do the undrafted free agent thing. They could just draft who they want and have them on the roster and mm. not have to worry about all the uncertainty. Nice. Okay. Maybe there's some method to the madness there in Minnesota. The New England Patriots. Getting a B overall, Lenore Ryan, safety, Kyle Duggar. I've never heard of that school. I think it was D3. Leave it to Belichick, 37th overall. He just goes, you know what? Give me the safety from the school that nobody's heard of. I want him. I love that every time they came up on the clock, you're like, okay, is this the quarterback? Yeah, and, and then they ended up signing two of them. They also signed a racist kicker, allegedly. So those tats very unbecoming. Don't worry, he's going to get them covered. The New Orleans Saints, after Sean Payton just pretty much did the FU on night one with all the anti-sponsorships, they draft uh, Michigan center Cesar Ruiz, Wisconsin linebacker Zach Vaughn, Dayton tight end Adam Trotman, Mississippi State quarterback Tommy Stevens. So they also signed, um, what's his face? 
Taysom Hill. And oh, Jameis. And Jameis. Yeah. So now there are four quarterbacks in New Orleans, and they know that Drew Brees is retiring after this year. This is it because he signed the he signed the NBC contract. But um, I thought he had a two-year deal with the. Uh, oh, I, okay. I, that doesn't. Staley Taysom, had a two-year deal. Taysom too. also got a two-two-year deal. Eighteen yeah, too. million guaranteed. So, that is, yeah. And then the Giants, Gettleman, he got a B plus. He gets a B plus for this. Andrew Thomas, George offensive tackle. It's good. You want to mm-hmm. protect. You want to protect your pick that you made. The the investment that you protecting made. Protecting your year. pick leads to winning. Well, you know what I mean. Like no, pro- I know. I'm protecting just... protecting protecting Daniel Jones, giving him mm-hmm. a pocket to throw around. We'll see if he's any better than Eli. Uh, the New York Jets getting an A minus. Mackay Becton. Becton's huge. Did you see his dad? Enormous. They're That's unit. a huge they're, family. They're units. Is it, uh, who is it in the NBA that has the big dad? The Denver Center? Huh? You know the Denver Nuggets Center? His, his giant dad? Plumley? No, it's not Plum, Plumley. It's uh, Jokic? Yeah. Oh, Jokic has a wanna, fat dad? Yeah, his dad's huge. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I want to see the, the have a dad off. Jokic dad. It's images though also i'm getting my european centers mixed up no this guy looks like a uh nikola yok jokic dad he looks tall yeah 400 pound cop who is that nikola jokic's dad yeah it was he was a 400 pound well he looks tall that's why yeah okay like benton's dad had to be what six seven monsters and then, uh, okay, so the Jets. Jets, Denzel Mims, I heard there were some questions about his hands. And then, peep this, Florida defensive end, Zaniga, Florida running back, P. Ryan, Florida international, James Morgan. So Captain Morgan heading up to, to New York there to back up, I presume, Sam Darnold, because who's going to be your other backup, you know. Good for the Jets, A minus. The Philadelphia Eagles, A minus, and uh, I think honestly the pick that was very good for them was Jalen Hurts because let's say that Wentz gets hurt, Jalen Hurts a little bit more mobile than Carson Wentz, but I feel like he could do the same things that Carson Wentz does. Wentz might have a stronger arm than Jalen Hurts, but it's a good. It's one of those where your backup would slide in nicely to the system that you have. I feel. I'm kind of mixed. I, I like Hurts a lot, mm-hmm. um, but. If you're if you're able to trust your system and evaluate quarterbacks, you can get them at a cost that it isn't a, a guy that should be a starter for you. I understand the idea of protecting your yourself, but they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as your quarterback, and they acquired him just right off the street. Yeah, I'm looking at some of their other picks too. Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss, the wide receiver. Man, they created the fastest Kevon team in the Wallace. league. It won't. I mean, I don't know if it leads to success, but Jalen, for them, Jalen Rieger. Yeah, yeah. Rieger. Uh, Watkins getting Marquise Goodwin and having Deshaun Jackson is like, mm. it's a track team. Don't they still have not Aguilar, but who's the other one that's over there? Alshon Jeffrey's still there too, right? Yeah, Jeffrey's there too. Yeah, so he's got quite a quite a bit to play with there. My Pittsburgh Steelers getting an A minus. Notre Dame wide receiver Chase Claypool, six foot four, four point four forty. So the A minus is like ruthlessly bad. It's Deceptive. A, yeah. They uh, they got a B one or B day one grade, A minus day two grade, and a B day three grade. The UNC Charlotte running back Alex Highsmith, who is a converted defensive end who who turned into a linebacker. Like they're saying, like poor man's Jadavian Clowney. Running back uh, out of Maryland, Anthony McFarland. He's a low key burner too. And then we got Nebraska defensive tackle Carlos Davis, Maryland safety Antoine Brooks Jr. and Louisiana's offensive guard Kevin Dotson. So. Oh, plus the Minka, plus Minka. This was the year that that we officially drafted mm-hmm. Minka, so you got to take that into account too. Which I think is why they get the A minus because you have to take into account that you know Minka was the the pick there. So 
I don't know. We'll see. Again, this is we've been talking about all these teams. We'll see what happens when it, the games finally count. You know. I thought Claypool was a tight end. So when I heard Colbert say receiver, I was like, okay, he's a receiver then. But, yeah. So. We'll we'll see him play the the weapons that Big Ben's gonna have to play with next year. Juju Smith Schuster, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, uh, Kane. There's one more wide receiver. Did you say James Washington already? No, James Washington was another wide receiver. So that's five wide receivers, I believe. And then you got Ebron on that. Ebron and Vance McDonald. And then you also have James Conner, Benny Snell, and Anthony McFarlane, plus Jalen Samuels, too. In your backfield, I, I'd love to see Samuels turn into a fullback because he's just big and, and, and round like that. But, yeah, so the offense is looking promising. Defense played well, but, again, hashtag COVID-19. We'll see if there's even a season. The San Francisco 49ers. I wish Flan was here. Why? I just want to hear his Niner takes Oh, just to see what he thought. Day 1, B. Day 2, not available. Day 3, <laughs> A. Overall grade, B+. Plus. Yeah, well. I had never heard of Kinlaw, even though he was in the SEC. Uh, the Arizona State wide receiver, Ayuk, you guys are very, very pumped off of. The Tennessee wide receiver, Jawan Jennings, again, never heard of him, even though he played in the Georgia tight end. I, there were some SEC players that I've just never heard of. Mm-hmm. And then Colt McKivitz, uh, the offensive tackle out of West Virginia. How do you feel about your team? B-plus fair? Yeah, I definitely think it's fair. I mean, e- either way, Ken Law is, re- is supposed to replace Buckner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ayuk's going to replace Sanders. Either way, you're not replacing them because you know what they did. So the team's going to downgrade. The team I've... is going to regress. But I like what I like a lot of the things they accomplished. The only thing that has me really worried is not having between uh, third to the fifth. And I get why they don't have it, but for them not to trade down with that first round pick that mm-hmm. was Kenlaw and acquire more picks, I, I just I thought or that would have been bad. Oh, because Ayuk was the one that was actually your pick. No, because your pick would have been 20 or 31. 31, yeah, but with 13, I'm saying they should have traded down oh, since okay. they got that pick. They were already at 31. Okay. I, I kind of like that they, they traded it for Ayuk. On my Twitter feed, Mateo well. with what, three? <laughs> three O's. Uh, yeah, the night before the draft, I said the number one receiving trade down option for the Niners is Ayuk. He's my guy. So I'm all in on him. And then also RIP Joe Staley for retiring, retiring in peace. But then you also traded for Trent Williams. So that's cool. And Trent I, Williams is a good serviceable offensive yeah, tackle. That. Was he started off at a tackle and then he changed or he started off as guard and then they moved him out to tackle. Right. And he's kind of flourished or was it other way around? I've always thought he's a tackle because oh, okay. he was drafted uh, fourth overall by, by Kyle's dad. In well, I, Washington. Know, I know that he did not have a good time in Washington. He was disgruntled. So here's hoping that they like that he likes his time better out in the Bay Area. Yeah, I was stoked about that trade. Home stretch here, baby. Last four teams. Try not to hold your hate. Well, it's Flan who really hates this next team. The <laughs> Seattle Seahawks getting a B. B, B plus, C plus, and averaged out to a B. The Texas Tech linebacker, Jordan Brooks, Tennessee defensive end, LSU guard, Stanford tight end, Miami running back. They went uh, oh, Florida wide receiver, Freddie Swain. I forgot about that. Uh, Syracuse defensive end, LSU wide receiver. What do you think about Seahawks, what they do? I, did, I honestly didn't study any of the linebackers, but I'm curious about, because Queen seems to profile a lot more better, or a lot better than Brooks. Mm-hmm. I, that's the only part that confused me, but eh, that's just oh, an well, educated opinion. We'll see how it goes. That's a good wide receiving core that they're building up there mm-hmm. in Seattle, though, with now with, uh, what is it, Lockett, Metcalf, you have Swain. There was one other wide receiver that was stepping up More. last year. Yes, and then they have, and then there's. It's gonna be. It's gonna be cool to see who's gonna be the fifth guy that pops up out of there too. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tristan Wirfs addressed a need. I think that was important for them. They need to get somebody to help them protect Tom Brady. You had the Minnesota safety Antoine Winfield, uh, Vanderbilt running back Keyshawn Vaughn, Minnesota wide receiver Tyler Johnson, and uh, and then another running back Louisiana running back Raymond Calais. 
interesting, though, with the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are going to be as good as everybody thinks they are because if camps can't get underway, Tom can't establish himself with his wide receivers, especially even the young guys, so that's not going to be good. There's definitely going to be some hiccups there in the beginning of the season. I agree, but they're going to get bailed out by that extra wild card spot. Mm, yeah, make up push for it. It was just built in for Tom. The Tom <laughs> another Tom Brady rule. They're doing everything to keep Tom in the playoffs. Now, the Tennessee Titans, they won the draft just off of sheer day one draft setup alone mm-hmm. between Big the win. bleached mullet in the Pro Bowl jersey and the Incredibles freeze suit, and then also the son who they said was in the kitchen off a mirror reflection, not sitting on the toilet because he didn't want to be on camera. No, he was on the, he was on the toilet. We can go but run the tape back. The Titans get a B plus. George offensive tackle, LSU cornerback, App State running back, NC State defensive tackle, Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald, and then Marshall defensive back Chris Jackson. What do you think about what the Titans did? It was so unmemorable. I was talking to somebody about the draft, and I was like, who did who did Tennessee take? I didn't even remember any of their picks. So I'll just go with what it was, the grade of B. Yeah. Yeah. B plus. Well, Cole, Cole McDonald looks like he has a spot to back up Tannehill because – uh, because Mariota's gone. So, I don't know. Maybe this quarterback from Hawaii would be a little bit better. And last but not least, we have the Washington racial slurs. They get an A-. minus. They get Chase Young. They get Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. LSU offensive tackle. Liberty wide receiver. San Diego State center. A Michigan linebacker. Arkansas safety. And, and a North Carolina State defensive end. I don't think it's going to make it a one- bleeping difference for the Washington racial slurs. You've got a great player in Young. There's somebody else on their defensive line that's going to make him menacing. I forget his name. They've got like four guys on but the defensive they line. Gotta, they're going to have a filthy defensive line, and they're going to have absolutely no offense to do anything with because I don't think Haskins is that great. I, I'm not I'm not really sold on Haskins either, and I was big on him coming out, and he just doesn't didn't look like it during his rookie year that he was developing at all. The only thing that I really like that came out of this is them having – them. Re- Setting free Trent Williams, mm-hmm. like it shows that their culture is actually really changing. And they it, won't change their name, but and that has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that he went to your team. No, it has nothing to do. It shows growth for a team because I, I was in the same spot with the Niners. When you're horribly run, you do stupid things. Cleveland's an example of this, where you hold petty things over it. And for them to look, and for all the history that Sh- uh, Snyder has with Shanahan, for him to trust um, Kyle, I think his name's Kyle Allen, is the potential GM, and Ron Rivera, and let them make that move and not not get good value for them. Hey, that shows growth for them. Yeah, it's a positive sign for the skins. So after reviewing everybody, biggest winners of draft night were every team but the Packers. Oh, so the, and then the biggest losers were the Packers. Okay, there you go. Very good synopsis there for what, what <laughs> how the NFL draft went. Uh, thank you very much, Mateo, for stopping by, and we will bring the pop culture update back when. COVID's done, like when there's actually stuff going on, because there's not, there's <laughs> not, there's not much going on, man. Like you, you could see that we just did an hour on a Jordan documentary and the NFL draft. That's why I was happy that we were able to do the draft because we'd never d- dive into the draft this deep. No, <laughs> not at all. But that's why we had to get into it yeah, and review like, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And normally it'd be one of those things where we mm. pick a couple teams and highlight it, but no, mm. we went team by team. Because it matters, and it only matters because there's nothing else to talk about. It's going to be great when the NBA opens up gyms next month, and that we're is the bre- rumor. And we're breaking down like four on fours, and we're like, well, the Lakers look like they're in shape. That's the rumor. I don't know if it gets. I don't know if the the season comes back. Also interesting. I will say this. I'll promote this. Go listen to all the smoke with Draymond Green because that's been an interesting. That was an interesting one to listen Ooh, to. Do we dive into that really quick? Do you want to dive? Sure. In? Go ahead. What are your thoughts on it? I was more curious on on your thoughts. 
I mean, I like the way you set me up, and I, I push it back to no, you. No, so no, I can you're think all, about it. You're all good. I'm, it was I'm just, not a professional. With Draymond, with Draymond, it's nothing he said was wrong. You know, he's underappreciated. He was passed over for most of his career, and he provides a certain spark to that team. It was interesting to find out that KD was when he first came and signed that he was, you know, trying to find his footing and was, like, cool with the way that the the game was played after a while. Like, he finally got comfortable. And then year two, he started complaining about the way that they, that they were playing the game. And it's just like, bro, this this hasn't changed from last year. I don't know why, why you're freaking out. So I think it's easy. And in hindsight, the more that we look at this, I, I didn't blame KD at all, and I didn't I didn't think he was a bad guy. I wasn't going to harp on him, but he's just his credibility is going to continue, or his reputation is going to continue to take licks the more and more he's going through his career. I wouldn't be surprised if he's already caused a stir up about some stuff in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, that's just the type of player he is, and I've never understood that because you are the greatest at this, and or you are so dominant at this. Why are you listening to people that that can only dream of doing what you could do for 15 seconds on a basketball court, what you could do for an entire season, you know? So. To see him be that upset, even though the guys were that committed to making it work, Draymond even took, what was it, a $12, $13 million mm-hmm. pay, cut to, pay make, cut to make it work. So, and then, you know, but I appreciate the championships that KD brought. I'm sorry that you didn't get the satisfaction from winning a championship. Guess what? You still have two rings, two rings. So enjoy that. But, I mean, Draymond is what it is. I like his relationship with Coach Izzo, how they could get in each other's face and how he, how he got offered basically through a shouting match. You know, there's oh spoiler. Sorry if you haven't listened to it, but I, uh, you know, it's just it was a cool deep dive on Draymond Green. The only thing I pulled out was the listening to him talk about what was it? Uh, him being honest about if Katie really wanted him gone, he knows he would be dealt. Like I, I like I thought that was really refreshing mm-hmm. that Kate, that Draymond realizes like, hey, you know, Bob's dealing me to a good situation. They would pick Katie if he would stay. The only thing I disagreed on him with him was complaining that you know him and Clay were honest about staying and Katie wasn't on. Or I shouldn't say honest, but the part that bothered me is like you signed up for that. You know what you brought in with Katie coming there. That was part of it. It sucks. Well, that's also what you have to remember is it's also unfair because you're comparing your situation where. You, Clay, and Steph were all drafted, and you were wanted by that organization. Mm-hmm. The organization handpicked you. Like, granted, Draymond even brings that up when he was well, on draft night was that the Warriors passed over him twice because yep. they took Azili and they took somebody else. I forget who it was. Harrison Barnes. Yes, and then they and then they drafted Draymond, and that was a good draft class. That was the draft class that arguably changed the culture of the team. Mm-hmm. But like he said, but with with KD, you have to remember. This guy goes to Seattle, then Seattle picks up their bags, and they don't ditch him, but they bring him to Oklahoma City. He gets kind of comfortable with Oklahoma City and being the guy there. Then he gets tired of playing with Russ, and he comes over to this area where, you know, now he's playing on the greatest team ever, and they're winning championships, but he's still not getting the admiration and and, and the props that he feels that he deserves. And now he's being asked if he's going to come back, and he's not really liking his situation as much as he did at first. Like, of course he's going to start saying, like, well, I don't know, but that's why you can't get mad at him for not committing because, like you said, he had signed up for it. And, again, the organization had shown, we choose you. Like, we want Kevin to stay, but we've made it abundantly clear that there is a big three here. Kevin came and made this the Mm Monstars from Space Jam. Yeah, and that's that's the way they, they, at least most of them, 
proceeded through the years, they knew that this he could leave. Mm-hmm. That's why we brought him here, just for another shot at this. And he, if he leaves, he leaves. He also changed my perspective on Mark Jackson, because it's not that I don't hate Mark Jackson. I just hate how Mark Jackson talks about the Warriors when he's doing his broadcasting, because he comes off as sounding kind of bitter. But to know that he re- reached out to Draymond and was like, I need you to be the guy that you were at Michigan State when you come here. Don't stop that. He also gave Clay and Steph the green light to, for them to be able to come and the type of lights-out shooters that they are now. So, again, only so much animosity towards Mark Jackson for him being bitter. But, like, everything that he did, credit him. But like Draymond said, I don't know if Mark Jackson can win them a championship if he stays coach, but I don't know if they do as much winning as they did with Steve Kerr with without Mark Jackson giving you know helping nurture their growth Mm -hmm. and i thought it was steven jackson or harrison or or matt barnes brought up something very interesting talking about how steve kerr is the perfect coach because he just sees things that other people don't he's able to stay engaged in a game and break it down as it's happening because you think about it and this is something i think it was i think it was steven jackson brought brought up this guy in a seven game series wouldn't play games one through three but then all of a sudden in game fives and uh, five and six Hey, Steve, we need you to go out there for 20 minutes. And, oh, by the way, you're going to hit four big threes in each game. And he can do it, you mm-hmm. know, and he's able there to help. And then and then maybe not play again for another half a series, you know. But it's, like, stuff like that, how he's able to connect with every single player on the team. Like, I mean, it's, it, it goes it, back to the last dance. It's like Phil. Like, I don't want to come off as just tip-riding this organization just because it's my favorite team. But they're doing something there that not a whole lot of teams got. And it's a culture that's been this culture of, of winning and just greatness and genius and innovation, and it's it's a deadly combo. And I don't feel like the dynasty is up yet. The dynasty will be up when when you break up that big three. When Steph, Clay, and Dre all go their separate ways, that is when I will consider the dynasty over. Because the dynasty didn't start with the championship. The dynasty started with, what was it, the second round the second round, when they got to the second round, I think they got bounced that first year. Yeah, the Spurs is the one they always talk about. Yeah, and that's when and uh, that's when it started because they made the playoffs, and you know those guys, everybody on the team was only two, three years in the league at that point, mm-hmm. and they were still babies. They were still kids. Now they're experienced. Now they're experienced vets. But um, by any means, I'm not. I'm not ready to call this dynasty over for at least another four years because I think that they. I and this call it Homer if you will. I think out of the next four years, there's a chance that they could still get two championships. I've, I've told John that I think they win one in the next three years. I still have a lot of faith in their culture and their ownership. And that'd they, be a dope way to close it out. Yeah. But I if mean, I could get two in the next, if mm-hmm. I could get two in the next four, I could probably go another ten without winning one. It would hurt, but I would take it because I would look back on this time and just be like, we were onto something. We're gonna have to get onto something new if we want to get back to the championship form. But we were onto something with this. Well, it's kind of smart. They're trying to figure it out. They had that the feel out with D'Angelo Russell, and they they realized that they, hey, that we right. have to figure out how we're going to tweak this thing. Shouts out to Draymond for calling himself the best screen setter ever. <laughs> setting a screen for Steph is way different than setting a screen for D'Lo. I had to learn. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, All right, that's the Warriors. Well, basketball. Maybe it's come back. Maybe it's come back soon. We'll see. All I know is that I hope they do something good with that lottery pick. Number one pick, baby. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. I have no clue. I want them to trade it. He's like six foot five, six foot six, but I think he'd be perfect. I think he can shoot it from the outside, but he's also a gritty defender. Just give me him. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Because they don't want Ball, and they don't want Wiseman. So I think Anthony Edwards is the only one. I feel like they're kind of making a mistake on Wiseman. You think so? But I could also see the point of doing the same thing with Russell, too, is that they get Edwards. 
develop him and then deal him at the trade deadline. Plenty of time to break that down. Yeah, later. We're, we're gonna have many months to talk about the draft. Okay. Well, that was Matteo Polverari. Thank you very much, sir, for stopping by. To the haters and losers, of which there are many. Oh. Very funny. Until next time.